Well, good morning, everyone. Boy, it's great to be back home. It was enjoyable to get away, but uh, I love the Oregon rain more than the Montana rain. So it's, it's great to be back home. So <laughs> I know that's kind of strange, but that's how it is. Hey, let's do some words of encouragement this morning. Here we go. Pray for Dave Olson, my brother-in-law. Um, okay, so this is a prayer request, but I'll go ahead and do it anyway. Here we go. Pray for Dave Olson, my brother-in-law, uh, to Tanya V. He had a heart attack while chopping wood last week. That's not a good thing. Was taken to the hospital. He has two stints put in. It was successful. Uh, pray he gets better. So we need to pray for David Olson. If you want to put that on your, your prayer list, that would be great. You want to put that on my uh, uh, chair back there? That would be excellent. Eric and Cynthia Johnson, your example of faithfulness to the assembly uh, with the saints is, is an encouragement. Thank you for the ways you serve. And uh, I was thinking of you both this morning when Jeff brought that, that uh, hairdo picture over there. I was thinking, man, we have been working this thing for a long time, haven't we? <laughs> it's great. Uh, Mrs. Compton, I'm glad you were in Bible class today. Ty. There you go. Mom, thank you for being in my Bible class today. Braxton. All right. <laughs> That's cool, man. That's awesome. That's great. All the parents who are wisely investing in their children, you're impacting the future in a huge way. Amen to that one. You are training your little ones to be a blessing to many. Amen. I don't know who wrote that one. That's a good one. Uh, Andrew Compton, thank you for using your many gifts and abilities to build Christ Church. I so appreciate your example. I would agree with that one. Amen. I love this one. These are great. I don't know who did them. But uh, you boys, you boys in the back, okay, wait till you hear these. And they're like in big, bold letters. Braxton. That's how it's written. See it? Can you read your name from back there? Isn't that amazing? Braxton, thank you for always being an awesome encouragement. I know how hard it is to sit still and, and focus on a lesson, but you are always back there paying close attention, and that means a lot to a guy up here teaching. So keep her up, buddy. I kind of know who did that one. There you go. Well, good job. Here it is. Can you see this one, Max? Can you see that? Well, good. Your eyes are good. It's right. Max, you are are so much like your dad. <laughs> That's a compliment now. Dad, you are so much like your dad. Uh, the hard-charging, get-her-done kind of guy. Can you, do you know who wrote these? You can tell by the way he's writing them, can't you? Okay, you're, you're a get-her-done kind of guy. I really appreciate your notes of encouragement. It's so cool to see you listening when I do lessons. Keep charging hard. There, you know who wrote that, don't you? Who do you think? Who do you think? I'll tell you later. Ty! Can you read that one, Ty? I mean, it's only two letters, right? <laughs> All right, thank you for always being so encouraging. It is so cool to look at the audience and see you listening whenever I do a lesson. You clearly have an amazing heart for learning God's word. I would agree. There you go. Man, I'll tell you what, those were great. I love this one too. Holly and Alton from Royce. I... I thank you that you are very good parents and you are always standing up to keep, to help. You are always standing up to help everyone. 
Good job. I mean, I hear a little word of encouragement there. Give it up for those encouragers. That was awesome. That was great stuff. That was really great stuff. <laughs> All right. Oh, I do have some announcements here. I didn't have any announcements when I was away, so you forget so easily. All right. So uh, Sunday evenings and Wednesday evenings are going to be at the Compton Homestead. For those of you who are interested in assembling with us, whether tonight or uh, on Wednesday. Oh, by the way, tonight, would you do me a big favor? If you are going to show up, please let me know you're going to show up so I can get uh, some uh, a, a part of the lesson plan is an actual handout activity. I'm going back to the old teacher mode. Sorry, but it's fun. It'll be fun. So I need to know who's showing up so you're not left out with not getting one of the handouts. So and you don't need to raise your hand right now. Just tell me later. All right. Or text me or something. Uh, let's see what else we got. Oh, tomorrow night at college age, we're going to do a little, uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, humanity, humanitarian aid work after dinner. So please show up, eat well and help well. Uh, let's see. Father's Day is coming up. So remember your dad, uh, Independence Day is coming up. I don't know about you, but I am so thankful for Independence Day. What does that mean? Does anybody know? Independence Day? Freedom! Yeah, absolutely. Where's Ryan when you need him? Okay. So, all right. And let's see, see well. Oh, yeah, we got the Drillinger party at July 31st. Man, I can't wait for that one. What time do you want me to show up? You haven't decided yet? Two in the afternoon? Okay, good. Awesome. All right. Uh, G4 Summit's coming up. I'm totally excited. There's a lot of guys coming from Montana. They're all excited. They kind of like what the G4 Summit stands for. Uh, I can't do it online, otherwise they'll come looking for us. But anyway, if you want to know what G4 Summit stands for, let me know. Coming up in the first weekend in August, it's going to be great. All right, any other announcements? Yeah. Uh, a couple days ago, this uh, guy skipped, well, anyway, he had a birthday. And he's going to skip right over it, even though it's in your bulletin. Is it in the bulletin? Yeah, it's in the bulletin. I didn't see that. No, it's not there. Oh, well, there it's in mine. Maybe that was last week. Right. Okay. Anyway. Go ahead. Go ahead. Either way, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Right. I made it. I made it around the sun one more time. <laughs> Uh, well, I got to start my sermon off this way. It's not in my notes, okay? I'm just going to walk off stage. You need to remember what Eric uh, just preached for the Lord's Supper meditation because he ruined this sermon and next week's sermon. So thank you very much, Eric. Wow. <laughs> well, actually, it's great minds think alike. Now, we did not collaborate, which is a fancy word for, did you call me or did I call you about what we're going to talk about? Wow, it's weird, man. Somebody else was listening in on our thoughts and made this all work out. So that's that's what today's lesson's about. Now, before I start, I want to let you know this is not aimed at anyone in particular. If the shoe fits, wear it, okay? But it's not written for anyone in specific. So I've had, I've had some people say, man, knock it off. You know, and they did it in a kind of a funny way, but honestly, when I see something that needs to be preached in context 
to the bigger lesson series, it's got to be preached. So look at the lesson title today. Anxiety manifests a lack of trust in God. Now, I could get really in trouble with that. But I got to tell you something. Just like what Eric said this morning during his Lord's Supper meditation, it's true. Man, you take your eyes off the Lord, you, you put start looking at the world, and it only takes a moment or two. How many know you can get on your little magic box that has everything you never wanted to know on it, and you look at one screen, you go, oh, no, it's over. I'm done. Now, I don't know about you, but... Man, that thing is a wonderful tool. It's also a dangerous tool as well, right? If you don't use it rightly. How many of you remember when you were little kids, you got your first pocket knife? And what did your mom say? What did your dad say? Don't cut yourself. Okay, thanks, mom, for putting that little... You're smiling. Isn't it? Don't cut yourself. What's the first thing I did? I'm not saying you did this. <laughs> What's the first thing we did? <laughs> And, oh, didn't I tell you not to cut yourself? Thank you very much. Now, look, I can tell you all, all day long not to worry, but you know what? That's a fool's errand. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do it, I hope. But I do have to share something with you. Did you know that every morning I get up super early on Sunday morning and I write this really cool email out to everybody, kind of describing my lesson and uh, I'm thinking, why do I write my introduction on my paper and then write a whole different introduction to send out to the world? Why don't I just do it all at one time? So here's what I wrote this morning. I thought it was rather good. This is a new day filled with amazing hope and promise from the Lord. Do you believe that? That was pretty weak sauce, but we're going to go with it for right now. <laughs> Whether sunshine or rain, whether literally or metaphorically, whether sunshine or rain, the Lord is ever present in our lives. Do you agree with that one? Yeah. Yeah. That was worse than the first, okay? <laughs> We're going downhill, man. I'm worried all of a sudden. Not really. <laughs> you know, today we're going to either be winners or, or, or worriers. I mean, I'm telling you what, there's so many things that are going to happen today and may have already happened to you that would cause you either to go, okay, you know what? The Lord's still on the throne. Life's, or the world's going to, you know, where in a handbasket, but I'm on my way to heaven because the Lord secured my place. Now you can have that mindset or, oh no, we're all going. No, we're not all going. Only the people who don't know, believe and trust in him. Those are the ones that are going. We're not. I know that's not in my notes, but I got to get started with this. What you focus on is going to cause you to go in that direction. You know, Ken Weibert ruined a part of my sermon this morning, too. Thanks, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah praise the, You didn't ruin it. You just kind of were the, the, the lead-up band or something, you know? But we need to recognize and understand that all of us, all of us, when we take our eyes off of Christ Jesus, when we set our minds on things on the earth, we're going to worry. We're going to freak out. We're going to go, you know what? What do I need to do right now to solve this problem? I want to ask one more question before I get into the real meat of my sermon. How many have ever worried about something and you're stewing on it and in your mind, the worry got bigger and bigger? The monsters got uglier. 
Anybody ever? Some of you are smiling. You know exactly what I'm talking about. And you're just like, and then the time comes when this event or something is supposed to happen, and it kind of goes, cool, man. You wasted all that energy and all that time and you slept in and you took a longer nap than normal. You did all of this avoiding the inevitable monster and it didn't show up. Now what happens if the monster does show up? How many have ever noticed that was in the past? That monster came and went. It was terrible. It was awful. But it went. It's past. Yeah, but there's one coming in the future. You know what? The Bible says that will take care of itself too. So important for us to recognize. How do you deal with this thing called worry? How do you, how do you deal with this thing called anxiety? I believe now more than ever before. Are you listening? I believe now more than ever before. Anxiety is overwhelming people. It is. Because of events that have happened. So that would cause me to think, well then, if those events have caused me, and I'm talking about me now, if you want to use this wording in your mind, that's fine too. But if all of this stuff that's caused me to sometimes be overwhelmed with worry, others are feeling that same way, so I need to do something about them. How many have ever noticed that sometimes when you worry about other people or concerned about other people, your worries have a tendency to do what? What do they do? Yeah, they kind of dissipate. Oh yeah, they're still there. But you're so busy being concerned and thoughtful and caring and encouraging and building up others. That's a tool, man. That's a tool. Eric talked about tools. I love that. That's Eric. He loves tools. I like tools too. And I'm going to give you some today. So look at the three points there. What's the nature of worry and anxiety? You know, it's a little bit deeper than you think. And it's got some hooks in it. And you've experienced those hooks, but I want you to know the nature of it because you can destroy it if you know the nature of it. So the next point is the, the, the nature of worry and anxiety is going to give us a, a, a helpful hint. You're not trusting in God. Look at the second point. Manifest a lack of trust in the Lord. If God is on the throne, if he created this own thing, if he knows every day that ever was and ever will be, he knows every tear that you're going to cry, he knows every pain you're going to have, he's lived the day before you arrived in it, and he's deeply concerned about you, where should you run when all of a sudden things get kind of shaky? You run to that rock that's immovable in that crazy flood, right? You said it this morning, man. Where we build our house, we build our house on the rock of Jesus Christ. And we build the foundation with the word of God and allow it to be truth. And then when the, the crush comes, it's, it's always going to come. If you think someday we're going to be cruising down that river... I always get this feeling, Eric, when life is cruising, I just know there's a two-by-four in the middle of the road like there was when I was driving I-90. And I hit it. Yeah, now I could freak out and worry all I want, but okay, let's get it fixed and, and move on. 
It's important for us to recognize the third point, most importantly this morning. Look at the third point in your, in your activities, in your, your uh, notes. It says, build trust in God, focus on his provision. Let's look at some scriptures this morning. I want to listen to Jesus. I hope you do too. Matthew chapter 6. Listen to what the Son of God, the Lord of glory, says to us. And again, uh, both Eric and uh, Ken shared these things this morning. And you guys did great. I appreciate what you had to share. Let's take a look. Let's begin there in chapter 6 and begin in verse 24. Jesus says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. Uh, For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or, or what you will drink. Uh, nor for your body as to what you'll put on it. It's not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Well, of course. Look at the birds of the air, that they do not sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? I could say amen to that one, infinitely more. And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? Like you have a lot of control over a lot of things, right? Wrong. Okay. He's just wanting to let you know that. Verse 28. And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil or or do they spin. Yet I say to you that not even, even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you? You of little faith, that's a big statement, ouch, ouch, of you of little faith, do not worry then saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Amen? Yeah, we don't need to worry about tomorrow. We're just trying to handle today. And the Lord will help us handle today. Amen? Now I want to look at one more scripture. Uh, Philippians. I love Philippians. It's so powerful. That was what last uh, week's family camp in Montana was all about. The whole book of Philippians. And uh, I want you to take a look there in Philippians. And chapter 4 Verse 4 through 9. I hope that this is real to you because these are, these are the tools that we're going to talk about. These tools will help you overcome the fear, the worry, the anxiety. Use these tools. Here they are. It says here, rejoice in the Lord always, meaning in everything. Again, I will say rejoice. I need a reminder. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. That's comforting. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your request known to God. And here's a promise. The peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there's any excellence or anything worthy of praise, Dwell on these things. The things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things 
and the God of peace will be with you. Now let's define the nature of worry. Let's define the nature of anxiety. I'm just going to give you like a sentence. So it's easy to jot down, easy to remember. Worry, anxiety from the Greek. This is amazing. Uh, to draw in different directions. To distract by anxious concern. To draw in different directions. What does it say there? It says to distract by anxious concern. You know, I've been around the sun 64 times. Now, some of you have been around it more. I know, Jeff. Okay. But you know, the longer I live and the more I read the scriptures, the more I'm convinced that the devil uses distractions, discouragements, and deceit to destroy God's people. And so why do we just play into his hands? Instead of using the tools that God has given us, we just walk right into his trap every single time. I've used this example before, and I'll use it again. How many have ever stuck something into a light socket, like a spoon or a, uh, 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 what do you call it, uh, screwdriver? Thank you, a tool. Thanks, Eric. I thought of you. And you, you only do that once, right? How many know people, yeah, I do that all the time. I just did it before I came here. It's really cool. You really? You go, you're insane. But how, how do we always go back to worry? I'm going to worry. It's going to solve all my problems. It doesn't. We know that, don't we? So how do we solve that? So notice, God's using worry to distract us. Distract us from what we are supposed to be doing as Christians. And I don't know about you, but worry gets me discouraged, right? And that's the last thing we need to be is distracted and discouraged. Now, look at, look at the next one. This is the verb form. Uh, to have a distracting concern or anxiety. Boy, this word distraction comes up a lot in the Greek. To worry is to be distracted. Distracted from what? What does the devil want you to be distracted from? He wants you to be distracted from knowing what God is doing and has done for you. That's what he wants. Oh yeah, keep looking at the world like you can solve all the problems. Go ahead, try it. I love it when you try. Because you always fail. That's how the devil thinks. Okay? He's distracting us from focusing on the Lord. Focusing on what God has and is doing for us. So, I don't know about you, I hate being distracted when I know that I have a focus that I need to get done. So don't let the devil distract you with the worry. Now, now look at Webster's definition. Now, Webster, he was one of our founding fathers, and he was smart. He knew that men could change words so they would not have the deep and powerful meaning that they're supposed to have to impact our lives for good. He knew the devil was going to work through men changing words. And has, have words been changed? Yes or no? Words have really been changed. You know, when I was at, when I'm at high school teaching a long time ago, some kids are going, man, that was so wicked, man. It was just wicked. And you're going, and you're all excited about it? Yeah, man, it was totally wicked. What are you talking about? See how the devil can change words? Yeah, wicked's really cool. Let's be wicked. Now, how many of you remember that back in the day? Right? Well, we just need to recognize that, that Noah Webster said, don't change the meaning of words because people will get confused. 
distracted maybe from the truth. Well, let's take a look. Here's what Noah Webster says. To worry is to be troubled by anxiety. Thank you, that doesn't help me understand what anxiety or worry is. Okay, let's try this one again. Solicitude. You're saying, where did that word come from? Believe it or not, it was in a bunch of the definitions. I'm going, what in the world is solicitude? It sounds like solitude. Oh, it's wonderful. It's not. Solicitude is not that. Solicitude. Concern, anxiety. Get all of this one. Uneasiness of mind caused by fear of evil or the unknown. Man, if 2020 wasn't bad enough, I wonder what 2021 is going to be. Why did you ask that question? I did too. And we got the answer, didn't we? All right? And then I heard someone say, oh, by the way, 2022 is 2022. Also, shut up. Right? It's like, what are you doing? You're setting yourself up. Right? Did anybody else hear that one? No. It's like, come on. Go home, man. Go play in your own sandbox. You're not milking my sandbox anymore. You're a downer. All right? So my point is this. Is that so important that we recognize and understand solicitude means mind caused by a, 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 an abstraction to our mind caused by fear, potentially, of the unknown. We don't know what tomorrow brings. You know, tomorrow you could win the lottery even though you didn't buy a lottery ticket, right? Now I know that's not true. But some good things could happen tomorrow, couldn't they? I went to Montana expecting some really great things. And yes, there were some great things, but there were some really overwhelming things as well. But it was awesome because those overwhelming things came to me because someone trusted me. That's a blessing, isn't it? In disguise, but it was a blessing. Well, now let's get to anxiety. I gotta take my little lesson plan out here. I'm gonna be very teacherly, professor-like. I even have glasses on, Bob. Wait till you get to Oregon State. Professor. If you have a professor by the name of Dr. Buck, skip that class, get another class, okay? Just warning you. I am not Dr. Buck, okay? I'm Dr. Bill. Big difference. Here's anxiety. Here it is. Concern or solicitude. That's why I told you what it was. You know, it's uneasiness of mind. Concern or solicitude, respecting some event in the future that may be uncertain, which disturbs the mind and keeps it, keeps your mind in a state of painful uneasiness. Can I ask you a question? I want you to be honest. Have you been worried? And it hasn't, has it had that constant gnawing? Even when you weren't thinking about it directly, it had a constant gnawing. Do you know what I'm talking about? How many of you know what I'm talking about? Only a couple. I think it's true. I talked about, yeah, man, it's just kind of, I was just dwelling on it. I couldn't get it up. That's the ugliness of this thing. See, it possesses our mind. Does it render us ineffective in the moment? Actually, it does. Does it sometimes immobilize us? Oh, I'm just going to go take a long nap. You know, cover, if I pull the covers over harder, then it'll all go away, right? <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Sometimes I wish it would, right? Well, it's, and, and anxiety usually springs from fear or serious apprehension of evil and involves a, 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 a suspense respecting an event and often perplexity of mind to know how to shape our conduct based upon this potential event. Let me read that again, because that's powerful too. 
Anxiety oftentimes will lead to a perplexity of mind to know how to shape our conduct. In other words, not sure what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know, I don't know what to do. And that's where we get immobilized. What if God gave you the tools of what to do when discouragement came? That's what this lesson is about. And by the way, there's, there's lots of lessons in the scriptures about what to do when worry sets in. You've got to stop the flow of the junk that's bringing the worry, first of all, if you're looking at your device like I'm looking at mine right now. And then you need to go back and focus on the Lord. But we're going to talk about that in just a moment. You know what? Every time I worry now, based upon my studies, every time I go, stop it. It's the devil. He's trying to get you distracted. You know what? Sometimes just an awareness of what the devil's doing is enough to help you to go stop and turn. But if we're not aware, if we just go, yeah, this is how life is, and this is... No, it's the devil. Stop. See, know that I need to go back and learn how to trust God better. Now, I want to go back to uh, Matthew. Do this really quickly with me. Turn to Matthew chapter, uh, what was it? Ver chapter 6 and verse 24. Look at verse 24. I'm just going to cherry pick. That's not a bad term in this case because it's contextual. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 24. Pick out some statements and I want you to think about these statements and what they actually mean. Verse 24. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and, and love the other, or he'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and, and wealth. Well, here's my question. A house divided is what's going to happen to it. A house divided is what? It's going to fall. So where should your focus be? God's house or the craziness in the world? God's house or all the wealth and the goodies and the fun distractions in the world. Don't be double-minded. The devil wants you to be double-minded. See? Do we need to pay bills? Yes. Do we need to work? Yes. Do we need to love our families? Of course we, we need to love our families. But the reality is this, is that ultimately we have to come back. Are we doing it in our service to God? Or are we doing it for whatever other reason? Now take a look at the next one. Verse... Uh, uh, 27. Look at verse 27. What does he say there? And who of you by being worried can add a single hour to his life? I think worry actually takes time and quality of time away from us. So what is he right, trying to say there? Look, God is not in the business of subtracting, stealing our time as the devil is. And that's what worry does. What's God in the business of doing? Adding. Hope, adding, excitement, enthusiasm, enthuse, spirit within. That's what he's in the business of. So can you add an hour to your life? But can you steal an hour from your life by allowing worry to steal it from you? Yes or no? Yes. I don't know about you. I'm going to be honest. There have been times when hours have been stolen. Opportunities to serve others have been stolen. See, we can't even add an hour to our life, but are we going to allow the devil to take hours from our life by worrying? See, and then, and then this other one I think is so important. Verse 30, and this is Jesus speaking here, verse 30. Because I scratched my head, what's he really trying to get here? Get at here? 
But if God so closes the grass of the field, clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, really basically worthless, will he not much more clothe you? Will he not much bless you, you of little faith? Remember what I said, right? What's smack dab in the word pistis, the word faith, pistis in the Greek, the word trust? Oh, you of little trust. If you need something, is God going to provide it? Yes or no? I want to see a show of hands here. And, and, and Jeff, please, would you participate at least this once? Okay. As parents, how many of us would just cringe at the thought that our children would go without basic needs? How many of us would cringe at that? Can I see a show of hands, please? Thanks, Jeff. Jeff did it. He did, I saw him. He didn't want you to see it. Of course we would cringe. We would do everything in our power to, to work more jobs and, and we would give up what we had for our kids. Uh, and I'll tell you what, that is true. Even for those who are not in the Lord. Now there are some parents that are really out there bad, but most would just lay it all down for their kids. In this group right here, I don't think there's one person here who wouldn't lay their life down in every way for their kids. You think God is bigger and better than you about taking care of his kids? What do you think? There is no question in my mind. So now what are the tools? What are the tools to overcome this worry? Or we're way over time. So we're going to finish next week. You're saying, that's not fair. That was a setup. No, I just got too excited at the front end. And, and I read this great big, long, stinky, I just should have got right into it. So guess what? Next week, we're going to give you the tools. Now, that was not a setup. That was not a marketing plea or plan. You know, that wasn't the, you know, the, what do you call it? The cliffhanger. That wasn't it. Please come back. Because you don't want the devil to keep brutalizing you, right? I don't want him to keep brutalizing me. I have, I wish 100, I could say 100%. I have been utilizing these tools and it's helped change. As soon as I start to worry, I go, nope, nope, nope. I'm not letting you take me there. I'm talking to the devil now. I go right back to Philippians. I go right back to the end of this passage in Matthew. And if you want to go ahead and, and look ahead at these, these four priorities that will drive you in the right direction and drive the devil out, man, it's awesome. You just need to practice it so much, it becomes automatic when that worry starts. Nope! And you just jump on the other mindset and you drive there. It'll change your life, guaranteed. Someone once asked me in closing, Actually, several people have asked me of recent, why are you always smiling? Are you on something? <laughs> yeah, I am. Okay. If I were to come in here all grumpy and because of the world, what would that do for you? Yeah. But if I choose to encourage rather than be discouraged, if I'm focusing on encouraging rather than be discouraging, it shuts the devil down. Okay? So, 
Let's get our mind in the right place. God is on the throne. He's given us everything we need for life and godliness. He's present in your life right now, and he loves you and will provide for your needs more than you would for your own kids. And there's everyone in this audience, I know, that you've laid it all down for your kids. He's going to do it greater for you. Amen? Amen. Let's close the word of prayer. Thank you, Father, for helping us to remember, not to forget, but to remember who you are, what you have done, and what you have committed to do for us. I pray, Father, as we would read the scripture, we wouldn't just read it. We would listen to your voice telling us over and over and over again, I love you. Don't worry. I'm here. I will ever be with you. I'll never leave you or forsake you. I will always provide for you. You just need to get up and go forth and conquer. If we could just do that, Father, I just pray that we would get that mindset because I know that it'll put the devil down. I've seen it happen in my own life and I've seen it happen in the lives of others. Help us then, Father, to tool up, to armor up and fight the good fight of faith and overcome the anxieties that the devil is bringing in our lives, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's get all excited. Stand up, get all excited. What did Jesus say to do? He said to go. Get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Jesus Christ is still the king of kings. King of kings. All right, let's go out there and not get worried. Take it to the devil. Amen? Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.